Hey there, and welcome to High Vibe In It. I'm Lindsay Robinson, hypnotherapist and success mindset expert. And I'm Kelsey Aida, inspirational author and blogger slash manifesting expert. And we're best friends who are inspired to create a self-development podcast with a spiritual twist. To us, living a high vibe life is all about creating with intention, prioritizing how you feel, and making empowered choices that support your highest potential. Every week, we're here to help you learn how to live a more aligned, inspired life, start owning your power, and manifest the life of your dreams. Visit highvibeinit.com to connect with us on social media and learn about more ways we can help. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. Now, we have a ton of value to offer you today, so let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to High Vibe In It, and you are here with your girl, Kelsey Aida, and also your other girl, Lindsay Robinson, and a third girl joining us, Miss Sloane Elizabeth, and she's a food freedom expert, which is exciting because we haven't talked a lot about food on the show, and we really want to bring empowerment to this space because it's all about how you eat the food and the intention behind making the food and purchasing the food and putting it in your body and maybe alchemizing. And basically we want to teach you guys and help you guys to have more freedom around your food. So you're not living in guilt, shame, fear, and we're going to make the whole eating experience high vibrational and like teach you how to eat more intuitively and more empowered, I guess. Is that, would you say that's what we're doing today? Yes, you summed it up beautifully. Thank you. Great. I love this topic because you, like we talk about meditation, we talk about healthy living and and working out, but those are things you could do or not do. But I mean, you're going to have breakfast, you're going to, well, everybody don't, but you're going to eat. And so why not use something you're already doing and add more empowerment and, and spiritual stuff to it? I just think it's so fun. Totally. And that's why I always say that food freedom is something that you do not want to ignore. It is so important because just as you said, Lindsay, you will be eating probably around three times a day for the rest of your life. And if you are scared, anxious, feeling guilty or ashamed every time you eat, that's a lot of compounding lower vibrational energy and chronic stress is the number one cause of illness these days. And so if you are feeling that stress around three times a day for the rest of your life, that's something that you're going to want to look at. Yeah, especially because everyone that listens to our show is into personal development, self-empowerment. How can I optimize my life? How can I feel even better more of the time? And food plays a huge role in that. So Sloan, if you could kind of introduce to us how you got into this work and exactly what you help people to do, I think that'll be a good way to kick off the conversation and then we can go into some tips and tricks and practices and all that. Yeah, love it. So my name is Sloan Elizabeth, and I am a food freedom expert, coach, author, podcaster, workshop leader, all the things. Um, And essentially, I help women break free from diet culture, diet trends, diet mentality that, you know, encompasses a lot of fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, so that they can find lasting food freedom. And I do this with a combination of gentle nutrition as well as manifestation and 
and spirituality and deep subconscious healing. And I find that those two practices together are what make my programs really unique and honestly last. Because if you're just looking for five tips for a healthy relationship with food, or you're looking for a meal plan or a workout plan, it's all Band-Aid solutions. And ultimately, it's really not about the food. It is about your vibe and it's about the deeper wounds that are there around control and fear and anxiety and self-worth. And so we do that first. I kind of call it like inside out healing. And a lot of times in my sessions, we don't even talk about the food for an entire 60 minutes, but it all plays into each other because it's all just energy. And so I got into this work because I struggled with body image myself and I was, you know, generally healthy growing up, but I also was in the performing arts world and cheerleading. And so bodies were scrutinized and, um, you know, it felt like your physical appearance was really important for those extracurricular activities. And so I was really confident. And then all of a sudden I was really not confident and I felt like I was gaining weight. I felt like I all of a sudden didn't know how to eat. And so I started restricting myself in small ways, like limiting the number of white carbs or, you know, asking my mom to make me sandwiches on rice cakes instead of bread all of a sudden and telling myself that I could only have dessert twice a week, which I failed at every single week because I was obsessed with chocolate. Who isn't? And so when I went to college, I kind of like saved myself from an eating disorder. Honestly, I was, re I recognized what was happening and I have always been like a math and science kind of girl. So I was pre-med and I wanted to really figure out what nutrition actually should look like, what's actually true, why do people love veganism and paleo and keto when they're all so different, like how is that possible? And then I also got really into my own spirituality, um, the intuitive work that I do. I became a yoga teacher. And so it was really the combination of my science biology background with my spirituality that empowered me to have total food freedom and that trickled into life freedom and manifesting other amazing things. Um, and so I had my food Instagram for a really long time and it was kind of just general health and wellness. And I wanted to really focus in on one thing that I knew I could um, and was an expert in. And it just made so much sense to teach other women how to find this level of freedom as well. So that's what I do. Love it. That's awesome. Thank you for telling your story. And it's cool how like all these seemingly random pieces of your life fit together perfectly to help you teach this from your unique perspective and experience, because really how we do one thing is how we do everything, right? So our relationship with food is probably the same as our similar to our relationship with money or our parents or our bodies or ourselves. And it's like, life is just how are you relating to everything and everyone and when you can master your relationships that's when you can really elevate your life and have like total freedom and fulfillment etc so i'm glad that we're talking about food today because we really haven't um explored this angle too much so i guess my first thing that i want to dive into with you is how would you recommend that people get started when they're wanting to improve their relationship with food like What's the direction that you kind of guide them in in the beginning? 
Great question. So it really has to start from those initial trigger points. So essentially I work with people who are pre-eating disorder, like they're kind of on that orthorexia path perhaps, just with a lot of rules and fears, or people who have already been through eating disorder recovery, like the traditional route, but their mental health has kind of been ignored, which is unfortunately what happens a lot of times. And so even for people that feel like they don't have an eating disorder anymore, I encourage them to go back to those initial pain points and those initial triggers, which feels heavy and it feels difficult, which is why working in a program or with a coach is like so important so that you are actually guided in that process, but it has to first start with where you relate to control and anxiety and fear. And you're so right about how it all relates, Kelsey, because when you look at how you control your food, you're also going to look at how you control your relationships or money or your career or school, friendships, etc. And so that's the first step. A lot of times people don't want to hear that. They want to hear, oh, you should just, you know, eat this way. You should just follow this meal plan or you should just eat the cookie. Just try eating the cookie. But if you eat the cookie and you force yourself to eat the cookie, you're still going to have fear. You're still going to have the guilt and the shame. So we actually don't look at food first. We look at control and the deeper wounds that likely originated from childhood when your subconscious mind is being developed until you know the age of seven or so. So that's why I encourage people to start. And a lot of times there is a lot of like self-judgment for even having those thoughts and feelings and feeling frustrated, like, how did I get here? Why am I still here? So we need to do a lot of forgiveness work in the beginning or else you just can't move forward. Yeah. I mean, this really plays into the whole self-love conversation because that to me, a big part of self-love is releasing judgment of yourself and replacing it with compassionate understanding and that ultimately leads to forgiveness really easily because you can't just say, oh, I need to forgive myself, so I'm going to force myself to forgive myself. Like forgiveness is not something that can be forced, right? It has to be inspired from understanding. So like when you understand why your dog like pooped on the carpet, then you can forgive them, right? Or yes. like whatever it is. So I think that's really beautiful that it all ties into the whole self-love spiel because that's like really my thing that I really love to teach. Um, that seemingly has nothing to do with food, but today it does because oh, it the totally things that does. you put into your body, it's either something that's beneficial or detrimental as far as the food goes, but also as far as the way you're thinking about the food. Like I eat a lot of mac and cheese in my life and most people would say mac and cheese is super unhealthy, but mm -hmm. when I eat it, I feel that it's nourishing my soul. I yeah. feel that I'm not restricting what I'm eating. I feel that I'm treating myself to something that's great. And obviously I don't eat that 24 seven all the time because it's not sustainable or beneficial to that extent. But mm -hmm. it's like, I have this healthy relationship with food where I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, because most of the time I feel that I want to eat something really good, really beneficial, really nutritional. And sometimes I want to eat my mac and cheese and I don't feel mm -hmm. guilty about it because I just have released judgment for myself. I'm not playing in that space anymore. You know? Yeah, totally. And I love that you said nourishing to your soul because there are foods that are more nutritionally dense. Like that is a fact. 
but I really encourage my clients to let go of labels. So we don't use healthy, we don't use unhealthy, clean, um, or my least favorite word is indulge or indulgent. Mm-hmm. I hate that word, but I love the word nourishing because broccoli can be really nourishing to your body on a physical cellular level, which is super important because we only get one body. This is our vessel. It is important to take care of it and to eat fruits and vegetables. But there are going to be some foods or situations that are going to be nourishing to your mental well-being, helping you to feel empowered without stress, without guilt. And then there are things that will nourish your soul. And as you said, it's not a 24-7 thing because if you're really in the mood for Oreos and you know that that is going to nourish you on all levels in that moment, you eat the Oreos and they are nourishing. But if you are you know, with your friends and everyone's eating Oreos and you're not really in the mood, but you just kind of start munching on them, they're not going to taste that good, first of all. True. And in that moment, they're not nourishing for you. So it's less about the actual food and more about the energy and the situation and your body in that unique moment. It's so funny. That's like my go-to snack before bed. I have like six Oreos. I dip them in milk and that's what I eat before bed, like every night because it's my celebration that that. my kids are asleep and I don't have to do anything else but watch TV and eat these damn Oreos and they're delicious. Like I love it. I love it. I love that you said Oreos because that that literally is my thing. That's my thing. People are going to be so surprised when they listen to this. Like Lindsay eats Oreos. Kelsey eats mac and cheese. (laughs) Like I thought they were so high vibe. And first of all, if you're having that judgment in your mind, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, like, are you being high vibe when you have those Look thoughts? at your, and that's what this is about. Like, look at your preconceived right. notions about what right. food means and how it relates to our bodies. And I learned a long time ago, um, because I, I love that you talked about the subconscious because that's like my jam. I'm a hypnotherapist. And so that's what I do. And so we learned that like, as when we're doing weight control, I never say weight loss because when you lose something, you find it again. But I say, mm. wait, control, take back control if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're studying that, we learn that energetically, your intention behind whatever you're eating will have a slight physiological difference in how it affects you, your body. So when I'm eating anything that I might initially be like, eh, I'm like you know what? I love myself enough to give myself a treat and to like just enjoy this food And Kelsey, before the show, before we started recording, we'll talk about this too, says a prayer sometimes like with her food. And I think that that's so important too. Um, Fluoride in water is a big thing for me. I don't Mm -hmm. like it. It's a huge, big red flag for me. I just don't like it. Um, A little bit of Googling will tell you why, but anytime I have to drink it, I say a little prayer and like only the good stuff is going to enter my body and, and nourish me and, and saturate my cells and all that thing. And anything else will be eliminated, you know, no matter what it is. And I think that's a great thing to do, whether you're eating or drinking any point in the day. Um, anyway, tangent, but Kelsey said it. And so I had to be like, yes, girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. I love that. And I, I don't, say a prayer exactly for me personally, but I just love cooking. And so when I'm grocery shopping, when I'm cooking, when I'm eating, I just see everything in such abundance. I'm really into abundance thinking as opposed to lack thinking. And so that's something that I teach my clients and especially with like fresh, bright, 
fruits and vegetables, um, but fruit in particular, it just feels so magical to me. And I know that some people like think that I'm crazy when I say that, but just like a big bowl of fruit, like there's not much more on this earth that is so abundant in my view. And it is just so vibrant. It's so like fresh, the smells, the colors, it really exhilarates all of your senses. And so in that moment, I'm just so flooded with gratitude that I'm able to enjoy this abundance. And so that's something that you can kind of start with if you're like, I don't really know how to like say a prayer over my food or that feels maybe religious for some people, just intention, say an intention, an affirmation. How about that? That's more palatable. Love it. Yeah, exactly. So setting an intention, like you said, Lindsay, like only the things that are for my highest good will be absorbed, or I'm so grateful for this nourishment, or just a small thank you infuses an abundant energy into your food, which then is going to be ingested and become a part of you. Okay. I have something important. So You mentioned, okay, just as you mentioned this abundance mindset when you're cooking and you love cooking, I I cannot relate, okay? Cooking is like the worst thing in my entire mm-hmm. existence. And I know that's, that's I never occurred to me before. Like I know intention is, I know that. But for some reason, it's a blind spot when it comes mm-hmm. to cooking. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Most of the time we're running out of, like I have three boys, okay? Most of the time it's like last minute, we're rushing, I'm stressed out. I don't like it. I'm not mm-hmm. good with recipes. I don't like following recipes. I'm a baker. I love baking. Okay. <laughs> I like making pies and cookies and muffins and all that yummy stuff. But cooking a meal, no. So, and also the kids don't even eat it. If I spend right. an hour making dinner, they're like, nope, don't want it. Sorry, give me a hot dog. So <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why I have such a <laughs> hate, dislike, sometimes love relationship with food so what do you tell like what do you say to people how do you bring them from like this it is very stressful I get Mm -hmm. stressed out like I know going into it I'm going to which is also an affirmation but Mm -hmm. like how do you begin to rewrite and and redo some of that stuff Totally. So I would say there's two parts. There is the rewriting, as you said, and the affirmations and looking at your beliefs and then really looking at, okay, what's actually true here. And then there's the tactical tips. So to start with the beliefs, I would first kind of look at and do a brain dump and think, okay, why do I hate cooking so much? What do I believe to be true? I believe that it will be stressful. I believe that my kids won't even eat it. It will be a waste of time. It's not going to turn out good. I'm not good at it. And those are all fear-based beliefs and thoughts. And so I love referring to your higher self or what I call the glowing goddess version of you. And so I take all my clients through a couple meditations to introduce them to their glowing goddess self, this version of you that is just- I'm pretty sure she hates cooking too. I'm just going to (laughs) say. Perhaps. That's totally okay. She's like, okay. nope, I agree with this one. <laughs> okay, so we can work with that. So then I would say, okay, looking at those truths, inviting your higher self in, what's actually true here? Um, and maybe for you, if your higher self is also like, no, this just doesn't light me up. Okay, um, that's where we get into tactical ways of infusing more love into the cooking. It's because cooking doesn't have to be stressful. Right. 
there are ways around it. And so that's the belief side of it first. So we do this a lot with people who feel like, um, you know, I just can't have ice cream in the house. I'm not capable of it without eating the entire pint. Well, that's not actually true. Like as a soul, as your essence, that's not actually a truth for you. That's a fear. And so we come up with really powerful love, heart-centered affirmations that are true. So the truth is I'm totally capable of having delicious food in my house and eating what I want, right? Mm -hmm. Making it simple. Then, especially for cooking, because I do have clients who don't like to cook, um, I would recommend a few different things. So perhaps for you, maybe you get some, um, like I know it depends on your budget, but like there are chefs that can come and meal prep for you. That's actually right? one of my, it's on my vision board. Okay. <laughs> like, it's, that, that. it's that big of a thing for me. Like yeah. I just, if I could have a maid or a cook, bring the cook. I'll, I'll <laughs> clean, bring the cook. I can't do it. Totally. So that actually might be something that's really worth it to you yeah. energetically, you know, as a financial exchange, like that is important to you. Um, it also could be like, I do teach my clients how to meal prep in the non, it's a non-traditional way of meal prepping because I don't like the whole, okay, I'm going to make one meal times five portions and eat that as my lunch this week. Because how the heck can you know what you're going to want on Wednesday at noon when you're cooking on Sunday night? Like there's just no way. So I teach my clients to make components essentially. So I would say make a pot of rice or quinoa, like some sort of grain, maybe some potatoes or squash, like another starchy carb, um, like two trays of vegetables. Depends how many people you're cooking for. Um, use, you know, like really basic seasonings like salt, pepper, and garlic. I feel like I put garlic in everything. So that's <laughs> like the baseline for me. Um, some protein of choice, whatever it is, maybe even chop up raw veggies. You can chop up your fruit, whatever, and just try to make those two hours, maybe an hour as fun and high vibe as possible. So put on a podcast you love while you're doing that prep, put on songs that are like your dance party songs, put on an audiobook, FaceTime a friend, things that you would do to make the experience more abundant, more fun, more high vibe. And then you have these components and you can create a million different things with those components by adding seasonings and sauces. So for example, you have, um, maybe the components for like tacos or a taco bowl and maybe you just heat everything up you add some beans and you add your salsa and guac and just some you know seasonings to it you could use those ingredients and cook up some shrimp and make like a shrimp stir fry i do that all the time um and just add your soy sauce or whatever other seasonings you could also do pasta so maybe you decide to make a fresh pot of pasta that takes like 20 minutes, right? But you already have vegetables and protein that you can add with the sauce. So feeling empowered to prepare meals without stress during the week is really important so that you're able to enjoy time with your family because that's what you enjoy more and that's what's more important to you than slaving over the stove. So basically preparing those components with really basic, like kind of like bland, I guess, seasonings, and then just having a little bit of fun, a little bit of experimenting to make something new is how you can just put together a meal really quickly when mealtime does come. I like that. Probably, uh, my, yeah. I mean, there's just, I think there's a lot of, for me, 
it's just, and my husband says this all the time, like, it's just not going to happen until they're old enough to eat what you mm-hmm. want. And so maybe it's just part of that acceptance. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to win this battle. Cause if yeah. it was just me and my husband, like I used to cook all the time. I think mm. that's what it is. It's just, I know I got to make something easy. I got to make like mac and cheese and cut up hot dogs. Cause that's their favorite. But like, I'm thinking about as much as I know how intentional my food is, I'm thinking about like, what are they, what am I doing? What am I putting in their bodies? Yeah. Like, it's hard, man. So it's a lot of like tugs and pulls and a lot of back and forth. And I know a lot of people can relate to this. So I like your tips about like, here's what I heard. It's not going to be perfect. And I don't think it ever should be or could be perfect, but where can we make it a little bit more enjoyable and maybe intentionally infuse some of that enjoyment into the food as well, because they're going to they're going to, it's going to have a ripple effect, I think. Yeah. And maybe absolutely. it'll get easier. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will. Okay. I mean, I'm young and I think about how difficult it will be to have kids like all the time. And Try my- feeding them quinoa. Okay, Sloan, come on. <laughs> I can't. I know because I think about it. Like I was a picky eater when I was little. Like yeah. I was super picky, but I turned out like this. And you know, we had junk food in the house, whereas some of my friends did not. And so they would come to our house and like kind of have like mini binges. And so yeah. I, at one point in my life, I was like, I'm gonna make my kids be so healthy. Like I'm not gonna have any real sugar in the house. But then that's a lot of times like how disordered eating habits form. So um, I, even though I'm many years away from children, I think about that. Like how do you empower them to have loving, abundant relationships with food without restriction, but with a little bit of gentle nutrition and guidance? Um, Yeah. So kudos to you. Yeah. I still don't know. I mean, I'm trying to get more veggies into them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone's struggling to find balance in some area of their life. Because if you're residing on any extreme end of the scale, it's not sustainable. And at that point, it's not beneficial. Like, obviously, you can't just survive off of McDonald's French fries for your whole life. And obviously, you also can't just only eat broccoli your whole life. Like, you need to have a balance where you find your perfect ratio for you of, like, really amazingly nutritious food to – let's not use the word indulgent, but we'll say food that maybe isn't, like – from the highest ingredients or yeah. the best sources, but it still is serving you in some capacity or another. Right. And I right. loved how you said that you could also outsource the cooking because I think that for a lot of people who don't like cooking, like that is the most self-loving option. Like yeah. instead of like forcing yourself to do something you don't like and feeling like you're never going to get that time back and you're doing something you don't enjoy, like maybe the self-loving thing is to buy healthy meals that are already prepared or maybe it is to go eat out more so other people make food for you or to hire a chef or to ask your neighbor if she can give you some of her leftovers and you pay her or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Like there are creative solutions for these problems. Like for me, I don't like cooking, but what I do love is juicing, smoothies, bowls, anything that's raw. That's Mm. where I'm like, that's my expertise. And if you're on the Patreon, you can see in the video, like my juicer in the corner of the kitchen, (laughs) I'm always drinking celery juice or green juice or getting creative with what I'm putting in my acai bowl. And 
seeds and all the stuff. And like that to me is what gets me pumped up and excited. But I'm in the same boat as Lindsay cooking. I'm like, no, don't make me do it. Unless it's noodles, in which case I'm like, noodles. And then I know there's going to be like a payoff of that. (laughs) Noodles. Totally. (laughs) For the show, noodles. (laughs) Noodles. Um, No, that's that's really, I'm glad that you, now that I know, and it has been said in the way that it's been said, you know, you're infusing your emotions and your stress and all this or your joy into the food. Like I'm never going to not think about that now. And I think a lot of the listeners will too. They'll be like, okay, so if I know that whatever intention I have or whatever I'm feeling is going into my food, what do I want that to be? And that Mm -hmm. in itself is very empowering. So when I feel like I have to cook because I need to feed my family, (laughs) I can (laughs) become more intentional with how can I make this more enjoyable? Where before I would just be like, let's just get through it, man. Let's just get through it, put them to bed, have my Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> light at the end day. of the tunnel. Such a light. It's such a nice chocolatey, creamy light. I love it. Um, I like Oreos, guys. <laughs> 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 I'm glad that we're making this really human because I yeah. remember the first time I watched like not the first time I watched Phil Good because I always watch Phil Good on YouTube because I love him. But the first time that I heard him talking about like how he loves cookies and he eats cookies a lot, I was like, Phil Good eats cookies. <laughs> like he's channeling aliens and eating cookies. Like what the <laughs> heck? This is not com- comprehending in my mind. But then I was like, yeah. well, I eat a lot of tacos and like I can talk to dead people. So like we're all human. Like anything can be high vibrational or low vibrational depending on the label that you put on it. And what you think of your food is really going to affect yeah. how how it affects your body. Like yep. there's nothing stronger than the quote unquote placebo effect, which is really totally. just you manipulating quantum energy with your mind, which has been proven over and over, which is. This know, is why I love Kelsey so much. I just got goosebumps because I say that all the time. I'm like the placebo effect is you. Like it's you yeah. showing that you're more powerful than you think you are and that you can actually create Oh my God. I love you, Kelsey. Okay. So (laughs) what is, okay. So I have this question and I think it's going a little bit back to the basics and back to what you do on, on a, on the ground floor. So I've been hearing this term intuitive eating being thrown around. I don't know much about it, but I also know that you specifically do, uh, what is it? Eating with love and intuition. Is that right? Yes. So can you explain the difference for people that don't know what intuitive eating is and then go into what you do? Totally. So intuitive eating is this beautiful practice and there are 12 or so principles. And so this is one of the reasons why I don't love intuitive eating is because even though there are no rules and the first principle is to reject all diet rules and diet mentality, there are still principles. And so basically they say um, a lot of the same things that I say, which is like no dieting, um, honor your hunger, eat when you're hungry, um, release guilt and allow yourself to eat, move intuitively, and just don't focus so much on your weight, essentially. And so the problem I see with that, though, is because they say intuitiveness or intuitive eating means eat what you're craving, stop when you're full. And they kind of just keep it at that. And they don't actually teach you what your intuition is on a spiritual soul level. Also, you can either be an intuitive eater or not be an intuitive eater. And to me, diet, being on a diet means that you can fail at it and there are rules and there are guidelines. So in that way, intuitive eating is still 
kind of a diet in my mind because you can feel like you're failing at it if you are not being, quote, intuitive with your eating. And so for me, I've developed this method called eating with love and intuition because you cannot fail at eating, right? Like the main (laughs) verb is eating. And so, yes, perhaps sometimes your intention is not exactly loving or intuitive. And that's okay. You're going to have ebbs and flows. You're never messing up. There are no rules. There are no guidelines. I don't do meal plans. Instead, it's about teaching you how to eat with love for your physical body, your mental body, and your spiritual body, and how to use intuition on like a deep soul level to guide how what, how much, when, where, etc. Um, because a lot of people are just thinking about the physical body and they're just using your, their bl- brain, excuse me, to figure that out. Instead, we say, okay, you need, you are a holistic being and spirit. So we need to look at your physical body, the one vessel that you do have, as we mentioned, that's important, um, but also your mental health and your spiritual health. And your body is way smarter than your brain. So we want to tap into your intuition to guide you instead of feeling like you need to calculate or figure it out because that's blocking your intuition, the whole brain activation. So that's the difference, and that's why I really love incorporating spirituality and manifestation because that's how you start to tap into your intuition on the level that we need to. Yes, eating with love and intuition. Mm -hmm. I also like that it's including of the things that you're wanting to do instead of like eating without judgment or you're focusing on what you're wanting to cultivate as opposed to rejecting some aspect of yourself or some way of being and eating. Um, And as a, not a side note, but to expand on what you were saying, using your intuition, something that I teach at my self-love retreat, which I'm enrolling right now, by the way, but also something I teach just to my clients in general is that when you can tap into the question and practice asking yourself throughout the day, like what would someone who loves themselves do? You will be opened up to a whole new world of intuition where in one moment it's like, what would someone who loves themselves do? And you have an apple and an orange. Your intuition will be like, go for the orange. Like that's what your body needs right now. Or maybe it's like, what would someone who loves themselves do? Would I deprive myself of this food or would I let myself eat it? Um, You're always going to have different answers. And it's not that it will necessarily come through the mind, but it's like, feeling into your body, which option feels the richest and the best in that moment. And then sometimes you do have to intervene with the mind to be like, well, what's the most self-loving thing for me to do in the long term? Because of course, Mm -hmm. in that moment, like eating mac and cheese and sitting on the couch could be the most self-loving thing to do. But if I'm doing that every day, three times a day, that's not self-loving because then you're on the opposite side of the scale and then you're doing that one thing too much right so it's like everything in moderation which is like what my parents always told me and I think what they were trying to get at was like finding that balance finding that ratio finding that harmony and I always just like to teach people to ask the question like what would someone who loves themselves do feel into the answer and then see what comes up from there 
I love that, Kelsey. And that's very similar to what I kind of use, which is the goddess self. So instead of thinking, what would someone else who loves themselves do? Like, what does your higher self, the glowing goddess version of you, what does she say? Because it can be really helpful to have this external being slash person in quotes to kind of refer to because a lot of my clients feel just so drained and exhausted. They feel like they're handling everything on their own. And so I say, okay, right now you feel like you're responsible for 100%. And when you say yes to freedom, you're essentially only taking on 33% now because one third is going to be given to your higher self or the universe, whatever resonates with you. And then hopefully the other third is given to your coach or the program who is going to guide you. And so you go from 100% responsible and exhausted to just a third of it because you do have to still, of course, have the intention, take the action, do the work, but it's actually not all up to you. So I love using that reference because it does sometimes feel a little bit easier to refer to something outside of yourself for a little bit more help. Yeah. And I love, I love the way that you posed it as the higher self, because oftentimes we think that's outside of us when really it Mm -hmm. is a part of us. So it's like, what would this part of me do? Um, her being maybe more empowered than me in this moment, um, her being maybe more self-loving than me in this moment, like what would she do? What would this part of me do? So I think that's really beautiful. And before we go on, I want to give a little shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp, who is really awesome because what they do is they connect you with counselors and therapists online. So you don't even have to leave your house to get help, which I think is why it's called better help because it's better. (laughs) And Lindsay and I have both used this service. It's really amazing. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. You get it set up really fast. It's available for people anywhere all over the globe. Um, And something that's really cool about BetterHelp is you can log into your account anytime and send messages to your counselor and you get timely and thoughtful responses back. So you're in constant communication with your counselor on top of like the weekly sessions or however often you meet with them. BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier, healthier life today and they're here to help you. So visit their website to read their testimonials. They're at betterhelp.com reviews. And if you want to get started with them, of course, we have an awesome coupon code for you guys. And that is you going to betterhelp.com slash vibin. And we will give you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. So go to betterhelp, that's betterhelp.com slash vibin. And you'll get 10% off your first month. Yay. <laughs> Yay, for Yay, Yay for, for help. Yay for better food. help. Yay for help with your mind and your emotions. Yay so for that help was with better your soul. help. And this is better help with food. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> better into in in eating with love and intuition. Um, I like that we all have the, a version of of looking to the external for a version of you that for me, it's, it's what I do with my clients is excellent self. So what is your excellent self? And usually it's mm-hmm. to do with the next level of, of your success. So that's the word, the excellence, the image of excellence. What do they do? How do they speak? How do they carry themselves? What kind of decisions do they make? What's their day to day? And it gives them that really strong connection to that, who they actually are, but yeah. the version of themselves that they can look to for that, for that wisdom and guidance. Um, 
So it sounds like we're all just really badass, really. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) And and finding new ways to empower people, uh, you guys, the listeners. Um, I know a lot of people listening may be new to this idea. And so I'm really, really happy that you're the first one that we have on to talk about this. Um, Because again, it's something that we do every day. It's something that everybody needs who, who doesn't want more help with this? Like, who's like, nah, I'm good. No, I don't need help with food. Um, we all want to be better. And we all want to be, especially if you watch our show, listen to our show, you want to be a better, um, better person, who you actually are, who your true self is. And it's all about reconnecting to that. Um, I never say like becoming, I always say remembering who that is, because we all had it at one point. My four-year-old is like, look at me. <laughs> I'm amazing. Everything's fine. It's only when we get older that we're like, Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, so let's let's fast forward for a minute. I know you're young, but if you had kids or or if you taught if you were gonna teach kids, what are some things that or or parents, what are some things that we can be doing with our kids to really cultivate that healthy relationship with food now so that it doesn't become like such a big thing later? Totally. So I would say a few things that you can do. One is including your kids in the food process. So bringing them to the grocery store, letting them pick things out, letting them ask questions, kind of awaken their senses to the abundance of food and the colors and the smells. So um, allowing them to be a part of it, as well as allowing them to maybe help you cook a little bit so that they get more invested in their health and like a very kind of like tactical way, I think is really helpful. Um, I also think that a lot of it is knowledge. That's why you have to have the science and the facts with the spirituality so that it's grounded. And so I think that teaching gentle nutrition is really important. So, you know, teaching them that, you know, on a really basic level, carbs equal energy and that protein equals muscles, even though it's way more than that, and that fats are for your cells and your membranes, so they help with your skin and your hormones, um, if kids understand hormones at mm-hmm. that age, but you know that they're important parts of your body, and that sugar is you know, joyful and exciting and yummy, and so I think that giving them some of the facts to begin with is really great. And then because food is related to everything, we know that it, you don't just have to talk about food. You can talk about emotional well-being in general, and that will help a lot with food, especially because we see so many people turn to food for comfort. Um, that's why stress eating, boredom eating, emotional eating are things that almost everybody deals with. And so we want to teach our clients and our kids how to process emotions so that you say, okay, I'm sad. I want ice cream. Well, let's insert something in the middle right there that will help you to process your sadness. And then after you've done that thing, whether it's journaling, talking, crying, taking a hot shower, if you're like, you know what? I feel better, but ice cream would still make me a little bit happier. Okay, good. You go and eat that ice cream. Um, So giving kids tools to process emotions so that they're able to deal with it without turning to something like food or like alcohol or drugs is going to be really beneficial. Yeah. I like that. And my kids do love helping me cook. So I think that's a great way to, I bought them little aprons, Kelsey, you should see. (laughs) 
but they do like, they want, you know, to do the safe things and, and do the things that are age appropriate for them, but they love being a part of it. And I think mm. that's so important if you guys want to get your kids in on the game and it, it is fun. I do have more fun when they're helping me. Yeah. It takes a lot longer, but I'm if you sure. account for that and if you, you know, if you account for the time it's going to take, it can be real. It, it is, it is more fun because I know that they're invested in their connecting things in their minds mm-hmm. and they're going to remember cooking with mom in the kitchen. So it's, it's, it's really nice. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for yeah. that um, explanation. And you also talk about, like, I know from what I've read about you, um, we, and we mentioned it a little bit in the show, this idea of food freedom. And I think it goes back to just exactly what it sounds like feeling free in your choices with food and not feeling the pressure, not feeling the stress or the shame or the guilt Um, you also, I know there was a, there was a, not a trigger word in there, but there was a little bit of a hot, hot button word, which was disordered choices, food choices. Mm -hmm. Um, can you teach us about what that is? If, if you haven't, I don't think we've talked about it yet, but just give us more idea of what that is and how we can move through that, I guess. Totally. So disordered eating is a very general term. And so you can experience disordered eating without having an eating disorder diagnosis. And so disordered eating means a lot of times some sort of restriction, um, some sort of guilt, anxiety, fear. A lot of times it's tied to body image. So you are eating in a disordered way because you want to lose weight or because you're self-conscious or because you want to look a certain way. And so food freedom, as you said, Lindsay, is being able to eat what you want, when you want, without a second thought, because your intuition is so clear and you have so much trust that you say, okay, yes, this is what I'm going to go for instead of thinking, okay, well, I'm in the mood for that, but I already had something earlier. Like I'm in the mood for pasta, but I already had oatmeal today. So what do I do? Right. Um, And so it's about feeling empowered to make the decision. And so I see a lot of people who go through a more traditional recovery route and they feel weird for choosing a salad when there is an option to get fries. Like, let's say they're going out for burgers with their friends. They want the salad intuitively, but they think, oh, if I don't choose the fries, it's because my disorder is coming back or because I'm relying on these disordered thoughts. And that I do not agree with because as we've mentioned, the physical body is really important. It's important to eat fruits and vegetables. Your body is really smart. And the human body likes health. It likes to be healthy. And so we want you to be able to choose a salad without guilt or without feeling like you need to justify the choice, as well as being okay choosing the fries, choosing the mac and cheese, not seeing a vegetable in your meal, again, without guilt, without anxiety, without having to justify it. And so when you are trusting your body, trusting your intuition, you're going to be able to make those decisions from a more empowered place. And that's also why I don't give any sort of meal plans. I help my clients make grocery lists and I'll give recipes, but we need you to learn how to do this on your own um, without relying on a piece of paper or an app that tells you what to do because then you're not trusting yourself. You're trusting something way outside of yourself way outside and not personalized 
It's just, it's like, here's what everyone should do. And we know this is very basics of humanity. Not everybody is the same and almost no one is exactly the same. Yeah. Even twins. So like you need your own, you need your own guidance. You need your own GPS and where are you going to get it? Yeah. And everybody needs needs different food. Like for some people eating nuts is super nourishing and you get protein and vitamins and minerals. And for other people, you might die if you eat a peanut. Like, hello. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Everybody's body reacts differently to different What a good example. You need a little bit of trial and error in there to feel into your body after you eat something. How is this sitting with me? You know, that's one reason why I love nutrition as a science, because you get to experiment on yourself. You are the lab and you get to collect the data and then draw conclusions from it. And so many people are living on autopilot and they're not actually collecting the data. They're totally ignoring it. And they just eat because it's lunchtime. They have eggs for breakfast because that's what they do every single day. They run because that's what they do every single day. Even when their body's like, I would actually rather lift weights today. Nope autopilot, we're going to run. And you're really missing out on so much just happiness and abundance. And it's kind of like people that um, totally tune out their intuition just in general. You're missing out on divine guidance and you're missing out on daily miracles by creating blocks. And the same goes for food. So true. So, so true. Preach, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you if you could give us maybe two or three of just the thought pattern shifts or perspective shifts that have really changed your relationship with food over the years personally like in your personal practice like one day you were like oh I just stopped doing this and now it Mm -hmm. flows or whatever give us any examples that are coming to mind okay so the one that's more general, um, not necessarily pertaining to food, but that's okay because it all wraps up together, is the universe has my back. Um, That changed my life. Reading Gabby Bernstein's book, The Universe Has Your Back, was like open the floodgates for me. And so I think of the universe as super connected to my higher self as well. Um, So thinking, okay, the universe always has my back. Like I'm always being protected, guided, taken care of, and my higher self always has my back. So when I'm tapping into my intuition, I can trust that I am guiding myself as well. So that was number one for sure and will always be. Um, And then I think that as we talked about experimenting, that really helped me with dessert and with sugar because that was a really big fear of mine. And so now I eat dessert every day and I have proof that eating dessert every day will not make me gain weight. Like, I just know that as a fact because I've been doing it for so long now. And so the truth is when I eat yummy chocolate, usually from a place of love and intuition, it is nourishing my body. It's nourishing my soul. And that's it. It's not harming me. It's not causing me to gain weight. It is just an empowered, loving choice. Well, and so I note about chocolate, just to intervene here really quick and add to that. 
chocolate has been used for medicinal purposes for years. So if you're mm -hmm. getting really good quality chocolate and it's pretty pure, you are literally putting straight up medicine into your body. It's a heart opener. That's why people do cacao ceremonies. They drink mm -hmm. the chocolate. It opens your heart chakra. I know I did that once and my life was like, whoa, totally changed. <laughs> so chocolate can be amazing for you. It gets such a yeah. bad back sometimes. Mm. Chocolate's life-changing. I love adding cacao to my smoothies. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. eat chocolate for breakfast. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> love it. So right. sorry to interfere, but keep keep rolling. Yes, keep yes, yes, yes. No, thank you for that. I love it. Um, let's see. And then the third I would say is that you don't need rules and you don't need guidelines that will block your intuition. So essentially this gets into body trust saying, I trust that my body is actually smarter than I think. I am giving it the power back. That has been really helpful for me. Um, just in like all realms with food, but also when I'm feeling sick and I feel tired, I don't like napping, but when my body's like begging for a nap, I can trust, okay, this is happening for a reason. Or when I oversleep and I sleep a little bit more than I wanted to, okay, I can trust that clearly I needed this. Or when I'm really craving carbs all day, okay, there's a reason why. I don't need to know the reason, but I can trust that there is a reason and my body's taking care of me. So it really helps me to release control on the things that I don't need to control. And that's really a lot of like the fear for people that when they release control and they surrender, they're going to totally spiral out of control and binge and gain weight. And that's not true. So for me, control was like a really big part of my healing journey. And so leaning deeper into trust, surrendering, and knowing that I'm not going to spiral out of control was really huge. You're actually taking back control, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I love that you said, my I, I'm trusting my body to know what I need and what to do. So I'm giving the power back to my body. That was powerful for me because it that in itself, just saying those words is so like, oh, I can do this. Oh, <laughs> my body was designed to keep me alive. Yeah. All I have to do is listen to it. That's it. <laughs> Easy peasy. Sounds easy, doesn't it, guys? Doesn't yeah. it? It's a practice just like <laughs> everything else. <laughs> totally. It's not just going to shift overnight and that's okay. So don't expect yourself to listen to this podcast and then your whole relationship with food is healed. Like if you need help, reach out. Obviously Sloan is here working with clients one-on-one. -on -one, so that's an option. There's so many books that you can empower yourself with. Personally, a food resource that I really love that I feel is very empowering is The Medical Medium. Um, he's really cool. He has books. And if you follow him on Instagram, he's always talking about the miracle of celery juice, which is true. It's a life changer. And um, yeah, Sloan, I want to keep asking you some more juicy questions inside of the Patreon extended episode. So we will head over there in a second. But is there anything else that you want to leave the people with as some parting words of wisdom that you just want them to soak up into their being so they can live their mm -hmm. best life? Yes. Um, just trust that, trust your body, trust your intuition, know that it is here to protect and guide and lead you. And you already have all the answers. You were born with an intuition. Your body was born knowing what to do. So you can 
trust that and release the need to control. And when you do this in baby steps and as a practice, um, you're going to find that freedom and know that no matter where you're at, you deserve freedom. You deserve support. Even if you feel like, oh, my relationship with food isn't as bad as someone else. That's okay. Everybody deserves freedom, abundance, and everyone deserves to love their life. And so you deserve that too. And I'm excited just to connect with everybody more. And as Kelsey said, I do work with clients one-on-one and I also have a new online course that's self-paced. And it is my most affordable option for coaching and it's the Food Freedom Collective. So that is open for everybody as well. Cool. Thank you for sharing all those resources. I know Lindsay and I have a couple of housekeeping things we want to say to everyone before we wrap things up. So Lindsay, I'll let you go first. Well, we are going to Patreon to talk more and dive deeper into some of this stuff. If you want to get in on it, go to patreon.com slash high vibe. And we have two new shout outs to do. Um, Probably should have done them last week, but they're here. Alex and Kathy, hey, thank you for joining our Patreon. They joined as, uh, I think they're called VIPs, High Vibe VIP or something. Um, right, Kelsey? And they get bonuses. So they get they got one of my audios. They got Kelsey's um, ebook, actually, hashtag actually I can. So if you guys want to get in on that, patreon.com slash high vibe. But we will head over there now to keep this combo going. Yes. Thank you, Sloan. Yeah. Thank you, Sloan. And the other announcement I wanted to dive into is I am currently enrolling for my next radical self-love retreat where we definitely eat what we want and what's good for us. Um, This totally ties (laughs) into the whole food thing because we do a lot of fresh seafood because that's what's local to the area. Um, The ladies in the house where we stay, they cook an amazing breakfast for us every day. There are margaritas if you're into margaritas. Um, There is green juice that we get on the beach. Like this retreat is ridiculously awesome. So no matter what your diet is, no matter how your relationship with food, when you improve your relationship with yourself, all of your relationships improve. And so of course, that is the theme of the Radical Self Love Retreat is how can you learn to love yourself more? Also for the fun of it, doing it in paradise around like-minded women with me coaching you guys in person. So if you're like, oh, I would love to go to Mexico and learn how to love myself and eat delicious, amazing food, then you can go to kelseyaida.com forward slash retreat to learn more and check out some of the experiences of the past attendees. You can see if it would be a good fit for you. So yeah, with all that being said, we love you guys. You're awesome. Thank you for being here and listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving reviews. And we will hey, see you guys next le- week. Leave us reviews. We need more. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay says, leave us reviews. We love you guys so much. And if you love us back, we would really highly appreciate. We'd be over the moon about a review. So if you feel in, if you feel called to do so, we need more. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode. If you love High Vibe in it, become a part of our Patreon family. You can support the show, see the extended version of this episode, get bonus content, and access exclusive discounts. Head over to patreon.com slash highvibe to join. We have tons of perks waiting there for you, and we're always hanging out in there, so we hope to see you inside. Please feel free to share the show and help us spread the high vibes far and wide. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you feel inspired to leave a review, we always appreciate it. See you next week.